Hello everyone and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff. I'm your personal brain trainer Cameron Buzar-Jamari and today we're going to be discussing what it's like to deal with the bleeding edge of a new technology in Jurassic Park. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. Today I'm joined by your neural nutritionist Sam. Want to say hi Sam? So, Sam, I have brought you in because I need a smart person who knows about the biology of things because we're going to be talking <laughs> All about right. you're qualified. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need someone who can speak to the biology of things because today we're discussing Jurassic Park. Fun. I think one of the most interesting facets of Jurassic Park that gets a bit of attention in the movie, which is, are they dinosaurs? Like, Jurassic Park is a story of these people living on the bleeding edge. But um of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. i it took me like a million years to come up with that joke i'm not proud of myself all right continue they're living on the bleeding edge of genetics they're literally trying to figure out this problem of genetics and cloning as they build this park and if you really think about it it doesn't make any sense to build an amusement park around dinosaurs i get that john hammond really wanted to make that a thing (laughs) but when you really look at how this is playing out there's so many variables and i think the biggest variable of all is the dinosaurs and so today i want to talk to you about the dinosaurs i want to talk about like the first big question are they dinosaurs the second question how did they become such vicious animals is it something that they're bred with or is it something that's built in all right i gotta point out first you saying that yeah i think the biggest aspect of this whole park about dinosaurs is the dinosaurs and i'm gonna go really really cameron what you how how much of a leap did you have to get to that conclusion it took me years of research <laughs> sweating over books literally just up at night there's like a montage somewhere of just oh me God. under like books Drawing a line around Jurassic (laughs) and then drawing an arrow over to dinosaurs. I like, it all makes sense. (laughs) For real. There are kind of two scenarios that play out in Jurassic Park in terms of what the dinosaurs actually are. So scenario one is pretty straightforward. Is Let's assume that they got the genetics right. And as far as we're concerned, we have created dinosaurs. Yeah, they did their job. Something like that. (laughs) Dinosaurs, to the best of my knowledge, are... Considered to be very similar to birds. I guess the forerunners of birds. I don't realize how... I don't understand how evolution decided T-Rexes become chickens. But that's my favorite comic I see. <laughs> and I love it. That was a mix of like birds and reptiles. It's believed that if you take the genome of a chicken or a lot of birds and you flip enough genes on and off, you basically get a dinosaur. That's how a lot of modern-day geneticists who study dinosaurs kind of see it. Hmm. Now, if that's the case, we have to deal with a big problem here, which is lots of animals don't know how to basically interact with their world out of the box. They learn a lot of stuff from their parents. But a big part of this comes from the fact that animals raised in captivity need to relearn social skills when they enter the real world. You know, like you, when you graduated college and you're like, how do I even do job? That was such a terrible joke. I'm just shaking my head. (laughs) Fine, let's get serious for a second. So I, in my infinite research, went to a website called mongabay.com, which is, it sounds funny. It's actually named after an island off the coast of Madagascar. And it is the preeminent, preeminent website for rainforest conservation information. 
and they did a very interesting article about what it's like to raise animals that have been in captivity since birth and release them into the wild and kind of all the little nuances and tricks that they have to do to get those animals to become accustomed to living their lives with humans where there are power cables and restaurants and a bunch of other weird stuff. A a big problem they noticed was uh, apparently they were reintroducing California condors into the wild and they were careful to raise the condors without ever letting the condors see people. And a big part of this is that animals typically imprint on the first thing they see as being their parent. Is it, are you my mommy? Is that like little kid's book? Or it's like a little duck running around saying, are you my mommy? Wasn't that on the Ugly Duckling? I'll look this up later, but basically (laughs) that is one of the most scientific books out there and you didn't know that. (laughs) And it's about, it's a weird, fun case study in imprinting for children. Anyway, what they found was when they released these animals into the wild, they had a problem where the condors were landing on roadways and houses and power poles and getting electrocuted as a result. And they'd also land on cafes where people were feeding the condors hamburgers and hot dogs on the ground outside. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, you had this big problem, which were condors were everywhere. And they hadn't learned that humans are dangerous. They had to reteach them that condors are not going to get along very well with humans, depending on the humans and the situation. So this was kind of weird. Since condors will spend... I think they described it as the first two years with their parents learning the survival skills of what's dangerous, what's not, learning how to avoid danger and find food. Mm-hmm. The researchers had to take on a new role where they would kind of teach them not really hunt, but that like food shouldn't come from humans by giving them a different feeding pattern every day that mimics kind of how they would find food in the wild. That makes sense. Like I imagine it would be... They had kind of an environment that they kept them in that was simulated to be sort of realistic. Like like if you had grass out and you had food that would pop up in the grass. So they'd have to like actually hunt for stuff or have to actually search for things instead of just going to a same feeding tube. Yeah, and I think that's a really excellent example because in one case they were trying to teach them like with water hoses and guns like humans are spoopy pew pew Whoa, what? Yeah, they were traumatizing these well they weren't trauma that's not fair they were definitely doing their best to try and keep these condors from feeling comfortable around humans to teach them a lesson that humans for the most part are you they're probably going to not be the best things to be around but the condors were smart enough to learn that they shouldn't be scared of humans they just learned to be scared of the scientists yeah so to help prepare them to be reintroduced into the wild they introduced variability into how food showed up Mm -hmm. to affect how they would stick around their typical feeding site. And they also had to teach the condors in what's known as pre-release, right before they're released into the wild, that you should not be trusting of humans. And so they would typically, the first humans the condors ever saw would rush in and grab them and manhandle them in order to place these tags on them. So it was a thing that they need to do anyway but they had to do it in a way that was obviously not harmful to the condors but agitated them enough so that they knew that if they saw humans humans were probably going to manhandle them and awkwardly grab at them and make life very uncomfortable for them well it yeah it sounds like a big issue is that they because they were being kept in a safe environment they didn't have that learned instinct of oh, this is a potential threat, this is a potential danger, and that's what they're trying to teach them. 
Like, I'm even wondering if they need to go even further with, like, I don't know if condors have some other prey that would try and get them, but of, like, you know, of thinking that other animals, oh, they're fine, but then really, no, they're, like, shifting suddenly, or they're kind of attack going towards me. Oh, no, I need to be afraid, or I need to go away, or I need to be more cautious. Yeah, and this kind of learned behavior, I fortunately, Sam Neill even points this out, raptor means bird of prey. So going back to the dinosaurs and kind of these behaviors, I don't think it's a logical leap to say that a lot of what we could expect from dinosaurs, these things that came to be birds, would apply here. It's the assumption that they're, the traits that they would learn to make them aggressive and to make them know what was food and what wasn't would come from their interactions with people. And in Jurassic Park, we very clearly see on their science-y version of It's a Small World ride where they go around like carousel with thing. The, uh, with Mr. Uh, DNA or whatever. Yeah, was, <laughs> I feel like he had a better name. <laughs> yeah, we see that they are the first thing that any of the dinosaurs interact with is like the velociraptor is cracking out of the egg. And what is the first thing Hammond says? He wants to be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another fact about most animals, as I pointed out before, is imprinting happens almost at birth for a lot of animals. As soon as they can see and make out an animal, they imprint on it thinking that it is a parental figure. You know, that, I don't know, that's a good point. I'm trying to, I'm thinking back on the movie now and all the scenes I think of them like as the dinosaurs as babies is pretty much with the scientists and like the scientists holding them and the scientists doing various things. Like that's, which I guess makes sense because these would literally be the first of like, these dinosaur creatures so yeah it makes sense that the scientists would be there and wouldn't think oh i need to keep them in a separate contained area to make them more naturalized but yeah i don't know just going back to your thing yeah the scientists were there at the beginning why are they so bad to humans like what are they doing (laughs) the other thing to think about is there are literally no dinosaurs like these are the first dinosaurs that have ever existed in millions of years on this earth so there's no other dinosaurs for them to learn these behaviors from or for the scientists to even have a high confidence of how they behaved like yeah you bring in a paleontologist and a paleobotanist and the best they can give you is speculation like yes they did their research they're very learned but at the end of the day there's so much about nature we don't know especially millions of years ago how on earth could you expect these researchers to be able to replicate that knowledge and mm-hmm. even if they could, why would they want to create killing machines out of raptors and T-Rexes by default? <laughs> well, and that that's one of the that's one of the big issues with Jurassic Park is that you're making a park of dinosaurs. Why would you want vicious dinosaurs? Why would you want dinosaurs that are like predators and actually eating things? You're going to a theme park. These are the first dinosaurs ever. The novelty is that these cool creatures like they're really tall and they are really interesting looking like the novelty isn't them being vicious hunters also you would never see that like you wouldn't see they wouldn't show to like you wouldn't want to show to your guests like oh and here's the t-rex tearing apart this lamb like exactly (laughs) no this that's an excellent criticism because like the first thing we see is like the brontosaurus show up and sam neil's like they move in herds they do move in herds and it's like but they wouldn't know how to move in herds they would just know that there were other animals around and probably just be chill with it it's an island (laughs) like there's not a lot of places for them to go the the idea that they learned all this like it is possible to learn social behaviors in captivity the question of learned behaviors that have to do with pack hunting and aggression 
those would probably be harder to teach an animal without knowing, you know, how they would learn it. Yeah, I... Yeah, this is all coming to, like, the whole nature versus nurture argument. This is come mm-hmm. back to, like, how much is really from the DNA and how much is from learned behavior. And, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of those social interactions and things, I think that's a lot of learned behavior. I don't think that's very much... I don't think that's solely DNA driven. Let me be clear. I think I, I think there's an argument you could say raptors are predisposed to be aggressive, maybe. And but actually, like there has to be something to get them to that point. There is a throwaway line that um Muldoon, the uh game warden, is in charge of the Velociraptor pen among with along with all the other dinosaurs. He actually makes a comment when they're outside the raptor paddock in, like there's basically like only three Velociraptors still alive out there. There were originally like five and two of them died because of this one very aggressive raptor. So while social hierarchy is probably not easy to imprint on a brand new species, mm-hmm. it would make sense that the other two raptors would become submissive to the first one because as long as it's not attacking you, that's probably a good thing because it already killed two other raptors. So it would, those raptors would be able to learn that interaction. But the real question is, why was that first raptor so hyper aggressive? is either a product of genetics or a product of learning. And based on what we've been discussing so far, I would argue it might have more to do with learning. God, what were those scientists doing? Like, this opens up a whole new conspiracy of B.D. Wong's character. Like, what was he teaching those dinosaurs? And that's actually brings us to our second scenario. So this first scenario was to say, let's assume all the dinosaurs were in fact dinosaurs. And how did they learn to become what they were in the movie? And that is, they were either taught or they just kind of didn't care and just accepted their environment until they formed some sort of social structure, which might not be an accurate representation of dinosaurs back in prehistoric ages. Now, the second scenario, the one that I think really makes sense for the movie and the one that B.D. Wong hints at in the Jurassic World movie is that they're not dinosaurs. Uh, that they're more... Um, they're hybrids. Wait, wasn't... They're, didn't they did... Oh, yeah, because they did use, what, like lizard DNA and frogs. other... Frogs. Oh, frogs. So oh, what they did was... In, Wait, in, are frogs amphibians? They are. Okay. You yes, are I got it right. You're the biology <laughs> expert on this episode. <laughs> in the movie, they point out they couldn't get intact dinosaur DNA from any of the samples. So they had to use amphibian DNA to fill in the gaps because I guess that's something we can do really easily. I mean, yeah, theoretically. (laughs) Anyone now who hears about dinosaurs, I'm sure you've heard like, oh, dinosaurs had feathers. Dinosaurs were very similar to birds. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that we see all these featherless dinosaurs, they kind of retcon it in Jurassic World that in Jurassic Park, none of them are dinosaurs because of the amphibian DNA, there is now a gen, they've created a genetically distinctly new species. Yeah, I do have to point out like the reason, I'm pretty sure the reason that they weren't like that in the original movie is because I don't think that whole scientific discovery really caught on at the time that movie was made. (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing to say that as well, but kind of like the point here is that if that's going to become part of the canon of that... That's true, they made it part of the canon. When you mix Jurassic Park with Jurassic World, a very clear narrative shows up. They weren't using dinosaurs to create dinosaurs for an amusement park. They were creating something using dino DNA, basically create weapons. And so all the dinosaurs we see are just a precursor first step to getting the most dangerous elements of those dinosaurs 
into something that would live now. This kind of comes to a head with the Indominus Rex in Jurassic World because it is literally an apex predator that has never existed before. Like even if we want to argue mm -hmm. the other dinosaurs did exist before, this creature has no godly clue of its place in any sort of natural order. This is kind of going back, but I'm now thinking like with those raptors, I wonder if there was some selective breeding going on, like that specifically choosing raptors or trying to choose, like not just choosing kid DNA characteristics to make them more vicious, but actually like having kind of breeding them to be more vicious. And you are 100% correct because in <laughs> Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom, they retcon again Jurassic World 1 in that uh, Chris Pratt's favorite Velociraptor, Blue, mm -hmm. was a product of selective breeding. They wanted to use Blue because it was the most obedient but still aggressive Velociraptor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so anyone who doesn't know about what selective breeding is, it's the idea that you breed animals until you find a trait that you like like a shiny Pokemon. And then you keep breeding it with other Pokemon <laughs> until you get what you want. Well, actually, I should point out in Siberia, there was a researcher who wanted to study evolution and selective breeding in foxes and wanted to create docile foxes that could be sold as pets as part of his evolution research. And he did it under the guise of making fur coats for foxes. Uh, of foxes, not fur, fo fur foxes. The foxes <laughs> had fur coats. That's so, that's so messed up. I know. Like but the point was, every once in a while in a generation, they would find a fox that when humans walked into the room, instead of being scared or panicked, they would just kind of walk up with a mild curiosity to the humans mm -hmm. on the other side of the pen. All the other foxes got turned into coats, and those foxes were selectively bred to make the next generation. And over time, you had this genetic selective breeding that created docile foxes that could be sold as pets. Similar things happened with dogs and cats, like mm -hmm. mo modern day domestic dogs and cats. Like exactly. that's like that's, the exact same thing happened. That's what domestication basically is. Yeah. So what's happening with the dinosaurs is they created these killing machines. They wanted to domesticate, but in reality, based on what we just discussed about that first scenario, there's no real need to domesticate them. We're, what we have a problem with isn't that you're trying to domesticate dinosaurs with blue is that you've created something that we can't even logically call a dinosaur and by extension not only has it never existed on this earth there is no example for how it should behave like we can assume that birds are supposed to socially interact in this way mm -hmm. condors should be acting with the world in this way we don't know how these not dinosaurs are supposed to be interacting with anything around them these dinosaurs were intentionally created as weapons and there is no logical reason you should have been letting people near them. <laughs> like they had, I think it's implied they have three different islands off the coast of Costa Rica. There's mm -hmm. no reason to put any of them on the same island as the amusement park. Because the other two are research facilities. So why don't you just leave them over there? Wait, but the whole point of the amusement park is to have dinosaurs on it. No, that's fine. I'm saying you built weapon dinosaurs. You have... Brontosauruses and Triceratops apparently are fairly chill. Why did you put the Velociraptors on the same island as the other dudes? They weren't making weapon dinosaurs out in the open. It was under guise. I and <laughs> Vince Vaughn's character from the second movie would disagree. <laughs> so all of this incredibly elaborate, confusing conversation to say, it's hard to know what you're dealing with when you're on the bleeding edge of a technology. In this case, we're dealing with genetics, 
not just like the fact that we're playing with genetics, which already introduces a lot of variability because we don't even understand our own genomes and what our genes are supposed to do to our own human bodies. Yeah. When you throw in animals that existed millions of years ago and expect to be able to understand them, that is going to just blow up in your face. As Ian Malcolm says, life finds a way. And you were so concerned with whether or not you could, you never stopped to ask if you should. And that's really a fair point because there is lots of stuff we don't understand about ourselves. So why do we expect to understand anything about the dinosaurs? Uh, you could, oh, okay. Actually, no, dinosaurs. That's fair. I was thinking because with animals, we I, I think of the mouse genome. We know a lot about it. And that's because we use it for research mm-hmm. for like human genomics research so like i would argue like no it's possible you can understand another species genome more than your own species but like no that's a fair point dinosaur yeah they're gone (laughs) like why would you know that and then it's further compounded by the fact that they were not technically dinosaurs now we don't even know what we're operating with yeah you created new creatures just kind of like to tie this up with a big bow this is not a problem unique to genetics this is all over the place so to recap Scenario one, the dinosaurs are dinosaurs. And assuming they're dinosaurs, we can kind of link them logically to being birds. Most birds' behaviors are, for a large part, taught by their parents. So if these dinosaurs were as aggressive as we saw them in the movie, there's a high expectation that they learn to be aggressive from their researchers and not from their environment. Looking at you, B.D. Wong. The second is... They're not dinosaurs. They were a specifically genetically modified creature that doesn't operate on even the behavior patterns a paleontologist could expect from the dinosaurs they've studied. And as a result, you either have no clue what you have, or you intentionally made just aggressive biological weapons, you then decided what you were going to just kind of like do your best to contain. Which, in the beginning of the first movie, (laughs) is like immediately like... that. I love how that's the first thing we see in Jurassic Park, is someone dies at the hands of velociraptors just to make a point that we don't know what we're doing. I'm going to argue another conspiracy theory that the whole park was intentionally ruined and stuff and all the people there to kind of prove that these are vicious creatures. That actually makes a lot of sense because that's kind of Vince Vaughn's entire character in the second movie is that he's sent to the island to sabotage their operation of retrieving the dinosaurs to help paint this picture that they shouldn't be in captivity because they shouldn't be near humans. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this rousing conversation. Sam, thank you so much for being an incredible guest. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? You can find me, as always, on Instagram at lil.baby.banshee. That's L-I-L dot baby dot banshee. And you can find me on all your social medias at cboozar and you can find our show at small stuff show on instagram twitter facebook and youtube and if you have small stuff that you're sweating or have any thoughts on this episode and what we discussed please reach out to us on our email smallstuffshow at gmail.com or to our twitter with the hashtag small stuff show and i'm your personal brain trainer cameron boozar jamari reminding you from movies to media to the world around us is details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff yeah.